It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Dublin's in music station F104 Louise with you until one o'clock I'm now joined by Paul Walsh from Roy7 hello how are you hey Louise how are you how are you thanks for having me on thank you so much for joining us you're back it's amazing we're back yeah um, yeah whether it's wanted or not we're back yeah no, we're back <laughs> and we're delighted um, it's been a long time I think it's nine years since our last live performance with the whole band and uh, we split up in, in 2014 then so mm-hmm. it's nice to be back playing music it's nice to be back with the lads uh, it's the camaraderie is a big part of it for us, I think, the yeah. brotherhood of it. We were together for about 14 years before we split up. So we know each other so well and not seeing each other on a regular basis was a bit unusual. So we're just happy to kind of be in each other's company again. And I mean, it's different this time, of course. The last mm-hmm. time we were around, we had Warner Music with us and we had Universal before that. And we were assigned to Sony ATV Publishing and all that kind of stuff. So the game was a bit different. But I think our intentions are somewhat um, altered this time. We just want to, we want to play music, write music and... Uh, enjoy yourself yeah and there is a big enjoyment around it like that kind of what is bringing it together because the new single love mm. is just released number one single on itunes yeah it's amazing. it's incredible yeah i mean it is about kind of enjoying it now it's about a labor of passion really you yeah. know um and just being able to not have the same maybe level of stress that we i, I definitely felt at the time mm-hmm. you know with the record company in ireland one in berlin uh, management in berlin management in ireland publishing company in berlin booking agent in Germany and then Ireland and then England wow. and just with a lot of balancing and a lot of juggling of different things and often as the lead singer of the band you get also stuck with being kind of the, the guy who does a lot of the talking and the mm-hmm. figurehead stuff I don't just mean in interviews I mean even with the business side of things and I kind of felt myself thinking more about figures sometimes than anything else and not really just thinking about the fact that well I'm only a singer really and I write songs that's really my job that's my main job and then getting caught up in loads of other things I ended up going to work for Sony ATV in Berlin I moved wow. to Berlin and worked for them so a lot of things kind of things moved, kind of blossomed into loads of other kind of shapes. Yeah. And maybe at the time that was a mistake. Looking back, I should have just focused on my job, which was to write tunes and sing and leave, leave other people managed. So, you know, we have the same management team on board. Edison, who looks after Gavin James, is still managing us. And, and we kind of said to him, you know, at this time, it's your game. You do whatever you want to do. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And you manage all the other stuff. All the business stuff is all your, is your baby. And so I'm really enjoying taking a step back from that. What was it like when you stepped back into a room together to play that first song to give it a try? Uh, it was natural. You know, it's like you said a minute ago. It was. It kind of felt like we'd never stopped, mm-hmm. and there was no there was no weirdness about it. It just it was just natural. Yeah, it was. It was all uh, as if we'd always always been there, and we took our time to write more songs and and get our, our ducks in a row, so to speak, before coming back this time, which is 
hopefully going to, to be beneficial to us. And, you know, I think the last time, first time around, you want to kind of take over the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that's really our, our modus operandi now. I think we just want to play music, enjoy each other's company. And uh, do what, what's natural to us, what's natural to anybody who's musical from childhood onwards. Did you find there was a difference from, obviously, when you released your debut album initially to now? Like, Has the process changed for you guys? Uh, what's changed is marketing. Marketing, mm. the business side of it. I mean, when we were when we were together, like the whole idea of TikTok was you wouldn't touch it with the badge pole because it's for kids, right? <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't. In fact, it would be a bit suspicious if you were on it and you're an adult. Whereas now, our manager's like, well, you got to get on TikTok, you got to post every day, you got to put up this, that, and they're like, oh, okay, that's completely changed. And um, the importance of Shazam, you know, the Shazam yes. charts, Shazam is charts. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was like, it's only nine years ago, so it's not that long ago, really, in the bigger scheme of things. But marketing changes all the time, and yeah. it's, it's a kind of a fluid thing, isn't it? And um, I think it's great that Edison's there because he's aware of all these changes and he's guiding us in that direction. But ultimately, you have to possibly say that in the music industry surely the songs will always be the most important thing it's about the music mm-hmm. and if the songs are decent well then people will give you a break I think people will listen to you and if they're not they won't that's ultimately yes you can have all the, the best PR in the world but if you're not backing it up with decent tunes then you're in trouble so hopefully we, we manage to continue writing some decent songs and, and it, it kind of garners its own publicity in a kind of a more natural way because we, do, we don't have the same sort of machine budget machine that we would have had with the major record labels in the past well not at the moment anyway you know like obviously you do have social media now and things like that that seem to play a bigger part than they used to yeah I think actually as towards the end of our our cycle our first cycle um, that had already happened Mm. Uh, we were already seeing the fact that you didn't need a major record company to break it you know because of social media because of technology you could launch yourself you could promote yourself and you could be a one stop shop as we've seen a lot of artists do. I think really the record company is handy when you want to tour mm-hmm. and you need a touring budget and you want to go overseas. On our first tour, we supported Brian Adams. It was only a limited number of dates, but we spent 15 grand in the space of wow. 10 days or something like that. Yeah. And we couldn't have done that if we didn't have a record company. You know, in fact, he wanted us to go on with Scandinavia and the record company said no because of the cost and they hadn't planned to release us in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. So it, it, when it comes to touring, it's big books. Unless you're willing to kind of, you know, there were six of us in the band. You're not going to slum it around Europe. We don't ha- we don't know people in every city in Europe, so we couldn't possibly have done the the sofa tour of Europe uh, mm-hmm. with the band. You need to hire gear when you get there. You need transport. So for a big band like ours, I think the only way forward was to get a label behind us. And maybe for for solo artists, it's a bit more doable to kind of hop on the plane with your guitar and off yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, but it was never really an option for us. So I think if we hadn't got signed with a label with Universal, we probably would have been in trouble. I'd say. And with the new single, Love, it has kind of gone down the little electronic road a smidgen. Was that purposely done? I think there's probably 80s nods there. Yes. And also, like, a lot of several members of our band um, are, are DJs anyway. So they are, they are influenced by that sort of thing. And, and some of the songs from the second album have a little bit of a hint of that as well, but not as much. Mm-hmm. You're right, this is a lot more blatantly kind of electro-poppy 80s sort of. I've heard people say everything from Pet Shop Boys to... <laughs> Something else. Anyways, other things, but it is a bit more. But yeah, it was intentional. What was also intentional was um, uh, an intention to go a bit more kind of brighter, uh, more positive lyrically. Kind of looking back on some of the lyrics from the past, and I know you're familiar with some of our, our songs. Mm-hmm. That some of them were a bit kind of more introspective, and I don't necessarily know. Uh, looking back on it, I think I should have thought outside the box a little bit more and thought about the audience more in terms of what they would want to sing along with and what might work, you know, and thought. Maybe that sounds a bit 
to contrive thought of it more like a business from that perspective I think I was really just expressing myself in a lot of the songs and the mm. lyrics which is grand maybe for a singer-songwriter but for a band I think you need to think of it through a slightly different lens and I, I didn't necessarily do that so I think the second album we copped on a bit and the songs got a bit more audience friendly and then the songs we're writing now are a bit more informed again I think which is it is a bit contrived but I think you need a, a dimension of that mm-hmm. when it comes to writing songs that you want to go on the radio if you don't want it to be on the radio or you don't want to play to larger venues at large, then it's fine. Do whatever you want, obviously. You know, enjoy yourself, express yourself, be as introspective as you want. But I think given our history and uh, the kind of the tours we play, the stadiums, the, the festivals, we do want to be on big stages. We, we create a big sound. So it makes sense to write songs that will apply to that and facilitate that from an audience's perspective as well and allow people to dance and sing along. And, and I enjoy it more as well, actually. Of course I do. We, we toured Europe with the first album, which is a really slow album. And God, we felt it. When we got, we got on a, a stage in Gelsenkirchen in Germany in front of 22,000 people. Oh, wow. And there was no song that really pumped. And I was standing there thinking, Jesus, we've made an awful mistake here. We really need to, when it comes to album two, we need to think rhythm first. We need to mm-hmm. think tempos. So we did address that in album two. And there's a lot, lot, a lot more movement in it, a lot more sing-along, a lot kind of uh, more accessible in that way. So we learned from our experiences, but... If you're going to play live, I think you have to think about the audience as well. But isn't that what it's all about, though? You know, because now, you know, it's always great to say, well, we should have done. But like, you, you only know that once you've done it, if that makes sense. Yeah. and so. No, but I think we realised after album one what the mistakes yeah. were. And we addressed it album two. And album two was far more successful than album one in terms of radio play, sales, uh, all that kind of stuff. So we were lucky. And, and now I guess we get another shot to, to have a go at um, go again. <laughs> writing more songs. Yeah, maybe go again. Not in the same level, perhaps. I don't know. Who knows where it's going to go. Ah, sure. At least we get to do it. And I'm not, you know, it's not as all-consuming this time, which is great. And it's you... like an es- escapism. Yeah, which is nice too. And it's nice for you guys then to enjoy it as well and kind of, you know, take it all in. It is. And, you know, the analogy I kind of use is that other people have their, their five-a-side football at the weekend or mm-hmm. they're training for GAA or something. For us, this is our escapism. You know, we go and we meet up together and we play music for a few hours. We might write some new songs or we go into a studio and put some beats together. And that's our that's our way out of everyday life because everybody needs that. No matter what you do in the world, you need something to escape from the routine, from the conveyor belt of life. And, and for us, that this is what it is. So regardless of what happens, it's success for us because it's facilitating us just being able to express ourselves. And we're obviously naturally musical people and creative. So for us to stop doing that, would be a loss, I think, personally, for all of us. Yeah, 100%. And for the rest of us who listen to your music as well. You're very good. Thank you. Thanks. You're also playing Whelan's very soon, actually, in On four Thursday. days' time. Yeah. On Thursday, yeah. We're very, very excited for slash nervous about that. Um, but uh, it's, it's nice because, one, we can crank out the old songs. We've got some new songs to play as well. And Great. we're looking at the set and the outline. We don't want to perform the exact same way as we would have before, but we want to nod to what was there in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm probably a bit like most people. If I go and see a band, I want to hear the hits. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them played in some funky, quirky kind of way. I just want <laughs> to play them the way I heard them on the album or on the radio. So we're going to do that. We're not going to mess with them or anything like that. You know, like sometimes, remember the thing about Elton John playing I'm Still Standing? Yes. You know, Ryan Tuberty mentioned it a lot. That's hilarious, right? <laughs> but we've been, we've been very careful not to augment or alter the songs in any way that when you hear them, you think, oh, what, what's happened there? You know, why have they decided to change them? I think we just want to play them as they are and let the new songs reflect whatever it is we want to do creatively now. So we're very excited about Wheelands on Thursday night and uh, it's a great venue, it's a great stage. So um, we hope to see uh, some of your listeners there anyway. Um, because the station was superb to us in the past, so we really appreciate it. No problem at all. We're happy to do it. And do you think there might be more gigs then? Is this just the beginning? 
Yeah, we've already got kind of festivals booked in for the summer. And that's nice. kind of building. Even yesterday, I had more texts about stuff that's coming in. So, no, we're hoping to build on it, you know, and and keep playing. Um, that's the plan. I'm not trying to guide it as much as I might have done the first time around, but I'm letting Edison do his job. And yeah. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And hopefully they'll come in. Hopefully people will want to see us. Um, and if they don't, I think the chances are we're still going to play and rehearse and release songs anyway. So I saw you'd written an article for Hot Press. Yeah, I think totally it's really different. important. Yeah, yeah, totally it's really, I think it's really important. I think it's really important not just for me or for other families, but for Ireland, um, for our country. You know, essentially the article is about a discrimination that I think exists in the family law system in Ireland. Mm-hmm. I think the Irish uh, judicial system legislation openly, knowingly, willfully discriminates against parents based on gender. I think it, when, when relationships break down, uh, the state says, well, one parent is more important than another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not equality. And we live in a world that's striving towards equality and putting an end to labelling and discrimination and stereotyping. And yet here we are in 2022, when it's not just about mams and dads anymore. It's about dads and dads, mams mm-hmm. and mams, biological parents and surrogate parents. And the legislation we have says that, well, if you're female you have more right over the rearing of your children than if you're male. And this is certainly not an anti-female sentiment. The opposite. As far as I'm concerned, women's are, women are victims as much as, as men are in this particular narrative. Because what it's saying is a woman's place is in the home. You should be rearing children. Men should be providing for the family and doing less responsible things than looking after children. And I think it's remarkable that we're in this era, in this age, and we still have this kind of legislation that dates back to a 1937 constitution. Mm-hmm. So surely it has to change. Also, I think there's a real apathy about the topic. You know, if this were discrimination based on sexual orientation, skin color, ethnicity, people would be up in arms. Twitter would be a light. 
there'll be hashtags falling from the sky. There'll be parades, marches, protests. But for some reason, people think it's all right to say, and I'm going to be a little bit crude about this, to say what you have between your legs denotes what kind of parent you are and how worthy you are. And I feel that's wrong and that people aren't talking about it and that kind of scares me a little bit. Why and do you think so people... I wrote the article. Yeah, why so, do you think people aren't talking about it? Why do you think it's not kind of out there? Because I think we've been conditioned. You and I and everybody listening to this has been born into that. Just That's just the way it is. Yeah. I spoke to loads of TDs. I spoke to loads of MEPs and they all kind of said the same thing. It's unfair. It's wrong. It's not progressive. It's not forward thinking. It has to change. Mm-hmm. But the wheels of change move very, very slowly unless somebody stands up and says it has to happen now. Because what I think of is I'm lucky at the moment because my kids live with me. So it's great. Um, I'm also lucky that we're at a time when I think... Um, the, the appetite for change is there and I think change is going to come. But if you think about it, for decades and decades and decades, the number of families that were broken apart, fractured, parent-child relationships, the former partner relationships, par- people that could have worked together as parents, co-parenting, but maybe from separate homes, mm-hmm. that could have happened. But the state instead intervened and said, well, you're more important than the other parents. We're going to support one parent to raise the children, but not the other parent. And so created this imbalance. And the misery, the isolation, the bitterness, the loneliness that must have come from that. I can't even fathom it for a moment. So surely, surely Irish people deserve more. We all deserve more. Every human deserves more, not just Irish people. So I wrote the article to kind of flag it and to kind of not blow a whistle on it because we already know what's going on. And anybody I've spoken to kind of goes, Asher, isn't that the way it is? It's always been that way. Nothing's going to change. So the article is maybe a hope of raising the topic again so that leaders in our community, and when I say leaders, I mean politicians, leaders Mm -hmm. in media, leaders in sport, education, entertainment, culture, whatever it is, if you have a voice, you should speak up and say it's not right because equality is not an a la carte concept. It's all or nothing. You can't want equality for yourself and deny it to other people. And once you open the door to inequality, you've opened the door to it to yourself as well and it's going to come back around on you. So I think we have to be more open and honest and fair and it's not a child-centred approach. That's the most important thing. It's not a child-centred piece of legislation. It's centred more on what suited 1937 Ireland, Eamon de Valera and Archbishop McQuaid writing the Constitution. Well, this works for us. This is what a family is. But family is so different now. It's Hugely, so, so different. Yeah. So let's just be, let's, you know what, Louise, life is short. Even if you live to 90, I think you're probably going to think that your life whizzed by. Mm-hmm. So surely our starting point should be, can we just be kind to each other, be fair to each other? I don't think any mom or dad in the world wants to bring that fight on themselves because it's miserable. It's so miserable. Nobody would openly want it. So the state has to be the higher ground on this and say, you know what, you're both equal citizens, you're both equal parents, certainly in the eyes of your children, we're going to treat you equally and we'll give you an equal amount of support to raise your children equally. We don't have much to give you, child benefit or tax mm-hmm. supplements or whatever, but we'll give it to you both equally and fairly. And good luck. That's and that, what the state it's such a say. simple thing as well that shouldn't really be in question. But it, but it is, it's still, yeah. I mean, what, what I was told by politicians is this, don't worry, we have a citizens' assembly that's coming together to engage with all stakeholders and they will kind of decide whether or not things have to change. And my response to them was, if this, as I said to you earlier on, if this was discrimination based on sexual orientation or skin colour, mm-hmm. would you be telling me that you're going to get a bunch of people in a room to decide whether or not it's right or wrong to discriminate against me? No way, no way, no way in God's earth would that happen. People would flip. Completely yeah. flip, and rightfully so, they would flip. You know, I think the part of the problem that we may we have in Ireland about this topic is whenever it comes up, everybody feels like they need to take a side. Mm. Oh well, I'm a man, so I better kind of see the man's point of view, or I'm a woman, therefore I need to see it from a woman's point of view. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We have to stand back and go. It's not about either. 
the state are the ones who've set this up as like what I call a binary opposition between male and female. They've established a battleground that should never have existed. They should really, we should always look at it from the child's perspective. Surely in an ideal world, children should be raised equally by both parents, assuming both parents are in a position to do so. Yeah. And the state should support that equally. That's all I'm saying. The minute it becomes a, a pro-female or an anti-female narrative or a pro-male or an anti-male narrative, we've lost. We've lost the point of it. It can't be about male or female. It has to be about equality and children first. That's my spiel, Louise. That's my spiel. <laughs> but it's such an important conversation and there's so much to say on it as well. That, you know. and, I'm, and I'm really delighted. I'm really delighted that you said earlier on that you'd like to talk about it for a moment because other media outlets have kind of said, well, we don't really want to because it could get litigious and it's a bit one-sided. And I'm not trying to present a one-sided argument. I'm trying to look at the country as a whole, legislation as a whole, and go, surely we all deserve a bit better than this. Surely we deserve to be treated fairly. Whether you're male or female or non-binary, you deserve to be treated fairly. That's the argument I'm making. It's not about a partisan view of, well, I'm a man, so here's a man's point. Mm-hmm. That's not it at all. Because the kids, children are children. You know, and they love both their parents equally, regardless of how perfect or imperfect parents are. We love them equally, don't we? Sure, That's I don't think kids works. even know the difference. You know, they're just their parents. like. Exactly. And, and they should be, I mean, like I said, they sh- the parents should be encouraged to work together yeah. and be treated equally by the state to get on with it. If you look at the system in Belgium, right, system, and I'm not saying this is a perfect force, if a couple break down or split up and the kids are aged between birth and four years of age, they stay with the mother. But between four and 13, it's 50-50, and that 50-50 is enforced by law. Mm-hmm. And after 13, the kid decides where he or she wants to stay or live from time to time. So if, if your child is between four and 13, you, you, and you don't kind of make sure they go to school and it, it has to be 50-50, yeah. you can't go into the judge and say, well, Your Honor, I've got work at 8 o'clock, I can't take my kid to school at 9 o'clock. The judge will say, ah, it's your responsibility. You, may, you better make that happen. And if you don't, you're back in front of me and you're in trouble. Because mm-hmm. your kids, your responsibility sorted out. The problem we have in Ireland at the moment is the state says, well, dads in particular, you have equal responsibility when it comes to the financial rearing of your children, but we're giving you no rights in return. And both of those have to be balanced out. There have to be responsibilities and nobody will stand for somebody shirking those responsibilities and walking away and dumping anybody with that responsibility. Mm-hmm. But equally, in return, there has to be rights there. Yeah. That's it. So there needs to be a conversation around it. There does. And the mm-hmm. conversation's there, but people have given up, I think. They've given up because it's just the way things are. People have mm-hmm. accepted. We've all been born into it. You know, very few people listening to the show now were around in 1937 when the Constitution was written or when the marriage bar existed in the 1970s when women had to give up their job and they got married. Yeah. Ridiculous notion. Just ridiculous. Yeah. And can you imagine the fact that the state has, like previous governments have brought in divorce and then same-sex marriage, both of which I completely support, by the way. However, they never thought about the long-term implications of those pieces of legislation, that there will be somebody caught in the middle of those two things. From divorce, there's going to be kids left in the middle. From same-sex marriages, there's going to be children coming out of those relationships yeah. and those relationships won't all work. What happens? So what happens now if two men go into court and they have kids? The legislation only addresses male and female. What, what's the judge going to do? God, there's such a bigger conversation as well. Really, yeah, it's like there's, there stop, needs to be a lot more. Stop see, if you stop seeing gender, stop yeah. seeing gender yeah. and just see parents, yeah. that's all. And say, you know, you're both equal. Here's what we have to give you. Here's what we can help you with. We're going to split it down the middle. Good luck. Such a and simple, any problems, isn't it? Such a simple if solution. If any problems, come back yeah. to court. Yeah. If anybody's in trouble, come back to court. If somebody's not competent, come back to court. If there's a safeguarding of children issue, come back to court. We'll sort it out. That's what court should be for, you know? Mm, anyway. Well, hopefully now 
It would be now nice. we've got a current affairs show, Louise. It just turned into current affairs. <laughs> sure, look, we cover all things. It's important. You do. You but do. It, it's important, though. So we went from music, which is the new single, <laughs> Love Is Out. You guys are playing yeah. Whelan's on the 24th. And then if yeah. people wish to check out your article, it is in Hot Press at the moment, isn't it? It's in Hot Press at the moment. It's online in Hot Press as well. So, uh, And I, I've, I've sent it, I've tweeted it out to all political leaders, mm-hmm. the president, anybody who I feel should have a stake in this and should have a say in this. And I'll say again to everybody who listens to your show, if you're a leader in any part of, uh, of human life of society in Ireland, you need to speak out about this. You need to talk about it. Have a conversation about it. What's right and what's wrong? If you, if you sit there in silence, you are unfortunately part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And ask yourself, do you want to be treated equally? Are you being treated equally? And if you're enjoying equality, well, then surely that should be shared with those around you. Absolutely. Paul, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much, Louise. I really, really appreciate it. Not at all. Enjoy enjoy the gig. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. FM 104, Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.